Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Time for another Can You Brew It? <laughs> can you brew it? That's a big question. Yeah, well, we can try. This is the show that has the question. <laughs> we provide the answer. <laughs> what? Oh, tasty, tasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, another day for another fine show. It's, it's actually uh, Memorial Day. Right. Which is uh, a, uh, a day to recognize the uh, those who have given their lives on the uh, battlefield. Yes. In uh, protection of, uh, and, you know. And get slammed at a barbecue, that's right. <laughs> right. right. Get drunk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and and not to get too uh, too sentimental here, but, you know, no. you got to imagine the people who, uh, who went out there and, and paid the ultimate price. Oh, yeah. For a bunch of people that they never met, protecting the the you know the freedoms and uh, and interests of of uh, a lot of people they never met. So that's uh, you know it's yeah. it, it's actually not for uh, for those living, those who served and living. That's right. Veterans Day. Right. But uh, still, yeah, yeah those it, are paid. It gives you gives you a moment's uh, pause and uh, to think about uh, what what. Uh, <laughs> How significant that is that somebody would do that uh, for someone else, yeah. and uh, that's that's why we uh, get our drink on and barbecue and uh, try not feel guilty. Get down to the river and get naked. Right. Naked. Well, 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 I don't know what you're I'm doing. Always, I'm, always I'm working, not at that barbecue. I'm always working. How naked do I get an there. invite to that? One? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's by the river. I know. I'll find it somehow. Down by the river. Okay. Yeah. Just look for the van down by the river. <laughs> that's that's where I am. Yeah, yeah, another good uh, Memorial Day weekend, and uh, what I like to do during Memorial Day weekend is drink. Of course, it's not different from any other weekend. And uh, so weekends are for. <laughs> well, and Thursdays. <laughs> Thursdays. <laughs> well, sometimes Tuesdays. Right, I'm, I'm partial to Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. <laughs> Just not Tuesday. Nobody drinks on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. It's like your night to say, I'm not a drunk. <laughs> I don't have to drink every night. Yeah, exactly. you got to have one night. I can, I can prove that. <laughs> Maybe next week. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, been moving into the uh, the new house. Finally settling in. Mm. Finally getting things arranged. Nice. Got the, uh, you know, uh, got, got some guy to come in and put... Even more cabinets in the uh, nine car garage. Store more my, my nine crap. cars. Yeah, and, uh, wow, the old pope moved the, up. Oh yeah, yeah. Into, Did, into, uh, the, into did the, you start uh, getting a salary estate. from this gig, or what? What's going on here? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's you know I stopped uh, stopped buying the fancy cars <laughs> yeah. and poured that into real estate. Oh, smart guy. Yeah, sure. And uh, from that, uh, been moving up and uh, Great. yeah, I, I got a couple of guys coming out to visit. For NHC, uh, Gordon Strong's going to come out. And he's going to stay with me. Some house guests. Wow, cool. And uh, Peter Simons, he's going to come. Oh, nice. He's from Australia. He's going to come with his wife, and uh, wow. they're going to stay there. Nice. So it's going to be quite the bash out at the uh, the Pope Estate. Now they're going to uh, commute every day to the conference, or is this just part of the no, pre-conference? Gonna, they're going to come early. I see, just for the early part. Hang out for a few days, nice. and then, then we'll head on down. Great. And we're actually going to do a, a Sunday show right down here. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. I'm gonna come down. Gordon's gonna come in. We're gonna talk about uh, competitions and uh, wow, you know how you get between the two of us over fifty beers in well, the second fantastic. round. When he was on the air, he was great. So I'm sure yeah. in studio yeah. it'd be even better. No, he's he's a good guy. It'll be a lot of fun. That's great. And uh, 
you know, we're also going to be out at uh, Downtown Joe's on the 31st. Oh, yeah, that's a good time. Sunday session out yeah, there. Right. And that'll that'll be a blast. Downtown Joe's is great. Really enjoy uh, going down there, hanging well, out. we're so welcome there. You, know, you can really yeah, feel it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, there's a lot of love there for the BN and for yeah. homebrewers in general down Downtown Joe's. Right. You can bring your homebrew if you're coming out to the show. Sweet. Colin always likes that. If you, you know, he likes to taste your homebrew, so... If maybe maybe I could bring a little bit of obsidian stout. Yeah. What's it got to do with anything? Oh, that's the show. Oh, if I we're going to do obsidian stout today. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good beer. I love obsidian stout. I I I I'm a big fan no, of all what, the Deschutes brews uh beers. Right. They they've got they've got a lot of great stuff going on. And uh uh you know, if you ever ever been out there uh you know, Bend, Oregon and uh you know, they got a pub out there, and they have a, a bunch of stuff out there that you've never seen in bottles. You know, popularize. They, you know, they do all their test marketing there at the pub, right. and then they they perfect things, and then they send it out. Very cool. And uh, yeah, we're gonna do Obsidian Stout today. Mm. <laughs> and and when are we gonna do that? Well, let's do that right now. Why don't we? Why don't we hear the interview with uh, with the Shoots Brewery? I'm speaking with Jimmy Seifert from the uh, Shoots Brewery in Bend, Oregon. He's the senior brewer there, and uh, we got him on the line to uh, maybe talk about some Obsidian Stout. Huh? Jimmy, how are you doing today? <laughs> doing just fine. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. We we appreciate your your time. Um, I wanted to, to to ask you about uh, uh, the beers at Deschutes, and you guys have such a wide variety of of different beers there. Sure. What? I don't want to ask you the common question, which what which your favorite, because everybody always okay. struggles with that question. But you know, tell us you know some of the. Uh, you know the history behind some of these beers. Earlier, you, you told us that uh, one of the beers that started the company was the Deschutes Black Butte Porter. How are you guys coming up right. with new recipes and all this creative stuff that you're doing? Well, you know, it's quite interesting. I mean, you know, these ideas come from everywhere. Um, Dissonant, for instance, which is really a beer that kind of departed from everything the Deschutes Brewery's done before. Um, started as kind of a whim on me wanting to branch into doing sour beers and be giving some uh, property down below in our lower warehouse to uh, work on. Uh, that was spurred on by, uh, say, the Rotenbach Grand Crew, uh, Duchess du Bergon. Um, you know, the uh, Black Butte XX and the Abyss was just, you know, there were so many great Imperial styles coming out there, and we were jealous, and we wanted to make something absolutely fantastic, and you know, the Abyss is a wonderful beer that I first, when we were making it, I thought it was going to be a train wreck because we were throwing everything in the kitchen sink into it. And luckily, I was absolutely wrong. And, you know, this became a great beer. Um, in a way of like beers, you know, you see in a six pack, you know, a lot of times it's sometimes driven from what the consumer is looking for, um, i.e., our Green Lakes Organic Ale. You know, we saw that mm-hmm. green uh, drive going on. We wanted to try to jump in on that and provide a, a organic product for our customer. And it's a great beer. Um, yeah, <laughs> I bought you. it because it thank was Deschutes, you. and I hadn't tried it before. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. like everything you make. And, and I think that's one of the keys. Yeah. You can jump <laughs> on these bandwagons, or you can, you know, be thinking outside the box. You can do all this stuff. Right. But if it's not a great beer, then, you know, no. it's, it's a waste of time. Usually by the times that a customer sees the beer in a bottle, we've probably been working on that beer for three to four years. Wow. Yeah, nothing. We don't really try to bust anything out. We spend a lot of time researching and designing it. Our uh, pub patrons are our guinea pigs, so we just keep on hitting them. And when we can strike a note with them, then we know we're on the right track, and we'll start taking, we'll start ramping up the uh, development of those beers. But no, we there, there. I can't really think of a beer that we ever just kind of willy nilly and, wh- and whipped it out. We, everything is usually really well thought out. So you don't like to willy nilly whip it out, is what you're saying? You, <laughs> no, you, you no, think no, I'm pretty, you I'm pretty shy, so I feel uncomfortable about that. <laughs> we can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like embarrassing myself too much. <laughs> well, well, I tell you that that uh, pub you got in Bend. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Great food, great service, great beers, and yeah, a lot of a lot of beers that I had never seen before from you guys. And so it, it's it's kind of a, a great place to to go by and uh, 
give things a try. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite beers for a long time, and, and judging from the amount of requests we got uh, from our listeners. A ton of them, yeah. Obsidian Stout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, can you can you give us a few uh, pointers on, on brewing a, a clone of Obsidian Stout? Well, Obsidian Stout is the only beer that we brew production-wise that is single fusion. Um we actually converted right around 151, 150 degrees in there. Um, another thing is, is you are going to deal with a lot of uh, black barley, which uh, black barley is a wonderful thing to try to lauder. Um, so it's definitely, definitely a challenge to make this beer. This beer is probably the most work that we put into it. I actually brewed two last night on our old system, and it takes a lot out of you. It's a lot of malt, a lot of hops. And it's a lot of work. It's you're definitely massaging the lot of ton to get all its get all the water over into the kettle. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with some of the uh, the basic numbers. Uh, what's the starting gravity on that? Starting gravity is right around ten sixty five to ten sixty eight, somewhere in there. We mm-hmm. kind of try to shoot for. Mm-hmm. And finishing gravity. Finishing gravity, we shoot for anywhere between ten seventeen and ten twenty. Um, depending on the fermentation. So that's pretty high finishing gravity there. It is. Um, and the reason we, we like that is we like a little bit of the sweetness to carry over the black bite that comes from the black barley. Uh-huh. Um, that bite really is distinguishable, and if we dry that beer out, it would become almost drying and clawing on the tongue. So we like a little bit of sweetness in there just to try to keep it soft, but mm-hmm. still be able to get that flavor of the, of the barley itself. Mm-hmm. And how about IBUs? IBUs, we shoot, well, we try to <laughs> shoot between 52 and 57 IBUs. Um, this beer, because of the big malt load that we put into it, um, we lose IBUs everywhere on this beer in the way mm-hmm. of the uh, kettle, also in fermentation, and with our yeast also. So of all the beers we make, it definitely has the most variable IBU number. But that's our, what we shoot for. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes we don't get it. Most of the time we do, but we try to stay within those specs. And uh, what does that work out to uh, ABV-wise? The ABV on that is probably about 6.4% to 6.5. And I won't even ask you SRM because past that point, I don't (laughs) think it even matters. I'll tell uh, it's really, really dark. Yeah, yeah, Does exactly. that work? You can, you can watch a solar eclipse through it. Close your eyes and you can imagine the color. Um, how about we just say 120 plus? There you go. <laughs> and how about the boil time? Is this a 90-minute boil like uh, other beers you do? or do you have a It is. Boil? It's a 90-minute boil also. Uh-huh. And once again, we're just trying to get a lot of that caramelization going on with that beer. Okay. Um, another thing, too, with us is... We like it out of bit ninety minute boils because the last thing we also want in our beers is DMS. Mm-hmm. So we, we make sure that there is no problems at all with that. Um years ago we tried shortening the boils and the DMS that came out of it was ridiculous and we'll never make a beer that we don't feel happy with. We'll we'll release a beer that we don't feel happy with. So mm-hmm. we stick to the ninety minutes, it's tried and true for us. Yeah, Tasty and I are kind of the same way. We always believe in the ninety minute boil. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the only way to go. To. Right. Yeah. And if you I we were corners and you pay for it in your beers. You can always tell the beers that aren't well made just by how many corners they taste. And usually by me saying cutting corners is the major all flavors of paper, DMS, or uh, dazzle. Uh-huh. It's even more important when you package is you know, when you gotta have a really clean beer going Absolutely. in that bottle. It has to be every time. Yeah. And how about the grain bill? You you mentioned uh, a lot of black barley. All right. Well, we got black barley, and that is a copious amount of black barley. You know, over the total bill, you're probably looking at eight and a half percent plus. Um, we're also going to add another percentage of uh, roasted barley into that too. We like that little coffee flavor that comes into that. Uh, and then we balance it out. We try to really add a lot of filler or body style or mouthfeel type malts in the way if we use wheat, carapils, and uh, Munich in this beer. And then with that, we're really, we use a uh, 70, 70 to 80 level bond caramel model along with that. Hmm. Uh, what kind of percentages are, are we talking on the uh, on that caramel malt in that Munich? Okay, well, what I would look for, like, say for the carapils, the Munich, 
in the wheat, I would try to make sure that's up about 4% of your total grist bill between those three malts. Mm-hmm. Um, for your crystal, you're going to probably look about, I'm going to say about 6 to 7% on that. Mm-hmm. And what about the uh, roasted barley? Roasted barley is only about a percentage. It's, it's a very small amount. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and the rest is uh, domestic two-row? Correct, yeah. Okay. And how about hopping on this beer? It, the hopping, we've tried to be pretty aggressive. Um, we're IBU, like I said, with our IBU target being a little bit higher, but also having a beer that's not so much malt into it, you're, you're playing this challenge of trying to get all your IBUs in solution and then carry over into the final product. With that said, we try to use, um, we tr- once again, we're using a Galena Nugget combination right up the front, and that's going to deliver a good two-thirds to 70% of your uh, of your whole bitterness load. And then the last two additions we're really, you know, using for flavor, and those are Willamette and Northern Brewers, Willamette being in the second and Northern Brewers being our third edition. Um, and the, we try to keep all the additions pretty well balanced mm-hmm. throughout the end. So it's like to the Northern Brewer, it, it, it's just kind of there to throw that nice grapefruit twist at the end and once again to try to help carry over that black barley bite. Mm-hmm. Those two additions, are those at uh, like 30 and, and 5? or Actually, it's three additions. So we're going to, we'll, we'll do that 90-minute addition with the uh, high alpha, well, the mid-alpha, I guess, these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galena, Galena Nugget, and then um, 30 minutes on the Willamette, and then only five minutes on the Northern Brewer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about uh, water adjustments on this beer? Do you, do you do any uh, water adjustments or... Uh... Do you have one standard um, water profile you use? We were doing a gypsum addition to the uh, to the uh, what you got the mash, and we're probably shooting for that probably about two hundred parts per million plus on that, right in that range there. Mm-hmm. Um, starting with a water around seven, about between six nine and seven point one, so pretty neutral water. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're doing obviously uh, we're doing a gypsum addition both in the kettle and in the mash tun. Okay. And uh, your yeast strain that, that you're using? The yeast strain we use is a high-flocculating English strain that we ferment at right around 65 degrees. Uh-huh. Um, we like we like the uh, we don't like having too much of an ester profile coming from our yeast, but what we do love about our yeast is that with the high flock, it falls out great, and then also it creates a nice little bready flavor, which which we feel is kind of our house character to that beer, mm-hmm. uh-huh. to actually all our beers. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And uh, any other tips on uh, on brewing this beer? What would you say is yeah. uh, you know uh, one of the, one of the keys other than struggling with that high amount of uh, Wheat and black barley. Well, and... Done a lot of this mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, 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 you'll have fun with this one. You'll, you'll pull your hair out. Uh, I, I think uh, one little note, this is the one time that maybe a slight amount of diacetyl is okay. Hmm. Um, we don't, not to the point where, you, okay, butter popcorn, mm-hmm. but a slight perception we feel creates a nice segue from malt to hops and kind of, kind of helps with the transition of the beer. You know, and that kind of goes away usually from our normal thinking here at the brewery where the asshole's bad and we'll do anything to remove it from our beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one beer that, you know, because it's so robust, can actually carry right. just a little bit. But once again, not to the point where it's butter popcorn or mm-hmm. over the top. Uh, most of it, I would probably over-pitch it just a little bit to make sure that your fermentation actually makes it through. We actually have to really massage our yeast to finish these fermentations for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Well, I think uh, with your help, uh, we have a pretty decent shot at uh, getting at least close to Obsidian's Town. Yeah, I feel pretty confident okay. about this one. It's yeah. looking good. All right. Great. Good. Well, thank you so much, Jimmy. You've been uh, uh-huh. a world of help to us and uh, not disappointing our listeners and in us just uh, <laughs> messing about and coming up with uh, some some uh, weak ass beer. So, <laughs> yeah, I wish you guys luck with it. Good luck with that stout, especially. Okay, great. <laughs> thank you very much, Jimmy. My pleasure. Take care. Bye. 
Okay, I rolled a 15 and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way. You had to be to 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks. I just failed versus oxidation. Our party is fracked. Doug's the only one left and his beer is a Berliner Weiss. What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Y-East 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com Nico, listen our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour and after this we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then to the next meeting kids. come on let's get out of here i'm supposed to have more lines i'm the professional <clears throat> hey it's sully and i'm nico and we opened the 21st amendment nine years ago at 563 second street in san francisco just two blocks from giants park to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. In the past year, the Brewing Network has been able to add two new shows, expand our studio capabilities and quality, and bring more beer information home to you than ever before. In no small part, this is due to subscribers like you. Thank you from all of us at the Brewing Network. Without your monthly support of any denomination, we could not bring you the very best in live beer radio like Can You Brew It? Brew Strong and the Sunday Session. Haven't signed up yet? Join your fellow brewers in the BN Army. Sign up today at thebrewingnetwork.com for a recurring donation as little as $2 a month. Besides all the great live radio you'll support, every subscriber is automatically entered in monthly raffles for amazing brew gear like a conical fermenter, a temperature control system, or your own draft setup. Become a part of the BN Army today. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Yeah. Put some yeah. sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. It's beer. <laughs> Network. Now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? All right, we're back. We're doing Deschutes Obsidian Stout. I'll tell you, this is an excellent beer. This is one of my... Uh, <laughs> and everything from out of Deschutes is excellent. But uh, this is, you know, it's a, it's a rich, uh, malty, uh, roasty, uh, you know, firm bittering, a slight yeah. uh, background of, of hop character. Uh, just, just a delicious beer. Yeah, it's a well-designed beer. I like the way it is. Yeah, just, yeah. I, 
I, I, I could drink, uh, you know, gallons of this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, while uh, doing the uh, clone brewing, I drank, uh, you know, three bottles. And then... Uh, it was your duty. Yeah. You know, just to, to get dialed in. And then uh, also... And I've, I've drank a lot of uh, Deschutes uh, Obsidian stuff before. But I'd forgotten how much I really like this beer. And, and I think, you know, just maybe I don't brew enough stouts. I brew a lot of, you know, other... Sure. You know, I don't really brew very many stouts. I know they do. I. And, uh, you know, then when tasting, I'm just like, God, ah, yeah, this is really nice. I really like this, uh, you know, rich... You know, there's a lot going on in that beer. Very enjoyable. And uh, so we did uh, our blind tasting, and not even I, because we you know when they, I, I had no idea which which one was which, and I was kind of you know trying to uh, remember which one mine was, you know which which tasted more like the one that I brewed, and I wasn't really sure, hmm. and uh, but I thought that, you know I thought they were pretty close, so uh, let's go around the room. Justin, your uh, your opinion on this beer, and uh, uh, what do you think? I think they're two of the best stouts I've ever tasted, uh, both w- w- even not knowing which was which. When I first just, the, the aroma, the taste, just great. I-, I could drink a lot of either one of those stouts. Hey, you're saying, I hope I get some of this. Yeah, I was. Ho- I didn't, <laughs> sometimes you only <laughs> brew five gallons, right? You, mean, right? you don't always right. brew a 10-gallon batch. Oh, I always brew five. You do? Almost always five, yeah. But you have a 10-gallon system, I thought. Right. You do, Okay. So I was hoping you'd, you know, by chance, brew 10, but you didn't. Just great beers. So incredibly cloned. Yeah. yeah. Really, really that's, close. That's really close. The only, I mean, there was, there was some difference in, uh, in, in the richness of, of, of the homebrew, which you guys actually thought the opposite that I did when right. we were doing this blind tasting. I thought that the uh, that the Deschutes beer was just slightly richer in in roast and kind of malt flavor, mm-hmm. but man, if you handed me your homebrew and said, and this may be, it's so close, if you handed me your homebrew and said this is a this is a Obsidian Stout, I would never have argued with you. It's that close, so close. Yeah. 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 Well, we were saying you, you could probably serve it at, at the uh, the brewery at the. Uh, Brew pub there in Bend, <laughs> yeah, and, in the uh, brew house, <laughs> and people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting down, I love this. Yeah, this is one of the clones that you guys have done, along with like the Green Flash, that I would love to hand deliver to the brewer and yeah. say, "What do you here's, here's our clone? What do you think? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. definitely cloned. Yeah, it would be hard to tell for sure. How about you, Tasty? What's your opinion? Clone, not clone? <laughs> well, Justin uses up all the different ways to say uh, similarity, so. Uh, I'll just start out by saying, yes, it's definitely cloned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, cloned, and it's great because it's such a, a really tasty beer. And uh, your version is uh, equally as tasty and uh, I'd say almost identical and, uh, mm-hmm. in so many ways. This is crazy. Well, it's funny because, you know, you and I, we thought that the uh, the homebrew version we've, we've, yeah. we found out later on because we do this right. totally blind. Yeah, we mix them up. We don't, we we don't want to know. Yeah. We all said one of these has a little more melanoid in character. Right. The color of the uh, the the foam oh. on the head. You two guys said that first. I, I was like, ah, what? Just and a slight I, difference on the edges. The middle. I took, yeah. yeah, I took a look and I'm like, okay, yeah, I see it. One of them actually is just slightly darker. Right. And uh, weird how it's just the edge though, because if you and, uh, if you if you shook it to foam it again, right, in it the was center, the same, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what I don't. Is there, is there an explanation for that, Jamil? <laughs> I'm sure there is. You know? <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, kind of the lacing around the side, right. the edge was just slightly yeah. paler than the right, little right. triangle. Right. right, one Weird. of them was paler, one of them was darker. Yeah. Yeah. But the one that uh, Tasty and I thought was darker, more melanoid rich, we found out later on was the homebrew version. Right. And Justin, uh, you know, <laughs> Justin <laughs> thought it was the other one. It was the commercial version. So it it's interesting that it was that close. Yeah. That, I mean, we would have a differing opinion on something we actually all agreed upon was the difference. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we for a minute there I thought, well, maybe, you know, the cups were mismarked or something like that. So I re-poured the two beers for Justin, and he still had the same opinion. So uh, yeah. it's, it's interesting. I have a question for you about yeah. this beer, because, yeah. you're, because it's so good. Uh, how would you judge this beer if you I mean would you put this in as your stout into a competition and and what kind of score would you give it uh, that's interesting um whew, 
Yeah, if this was entered as like a, an American stout, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I think. <laughs> I, I would think, you know, you can go ahead and tear that page out of the Brewing Classic style <laughs> and put this one Throw in that there. fucker away. And, this would be a better upgrade. stuff this one in there. This would be upgrade. Huh? It would do great, right? I mean, it's uh, so good. Second, I'm not sure second edition. how well it would do because... Uh, well, if you had I them both, would you enter your old beer or this beer? Good question. Uh, hard well, to say. Get right to you know, it. D- it depends, you know... Hard to say. Well, Come on, you can only enter one. Today's I, the day. I, I think, you know, as far <laughs> as... beer. As far as... Um, uh, you know, entering a competition in American Stout, the oh. tendency nice. is for oh, slightly drier and uh, more firmly bitter and more hop character. Oh, really? That will win you um, the competition. Weird. Okay. This one is really good. Really, you know, just a great beer. Really drinkable and, uh, yeah. right. you know, brewed by two fantastic brewers, obviously. <laughs> Uh, you know, Ooh. in both cases. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> so hold of yourself. Well, I am. How little about a modesty. I got a hold of myself and I'm stroking. Uh, Turn his mic. Oh, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's called the Jamil Show for a reason. <laughs> Son of a bitch. He gets to talk dirty to everybody. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I, you know, tasting this. Where's that bottle? <laughs> prior, you know, I, I, I tasted this. Uh, you know, while it's carbonating, I'm checking the carbonation levels. It was real low, and I'm, you know, cranking up the gas, trying to get it carbonated mm-hmm. in time for the show. I'm tasting it. I'm tasting some obsidian stout, and I had, like, a neighbor taste them both. And I was like, wow, this is really yeah. good. I really freaking love this beer. I'm so glad I got five gallons of this. You jerk. Should have had ten. <laughs> yeah. Man, I want to brew it. It's so good. Yeah. It's just that that recipe is fantastic. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, I, you know, you got the recipe now. Yeah. Well, actually, you'll have to listen to the uh, the podcast because you're too busy. To, I will have uh, to listen, listen to it live. I'll get right on it. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I call it clone too. I think so. Round the room, we call this one. Yeah, we call it, this it's, one. This it's, is it's this the best is we've ever done. I think definitely, uh, definitely uh, a, a done deal on this. All right. So. This is for uh, six gallons, U.S. gallons, at the end of the boil. Now, whatever you do with those six U.S. gallons, uh, you know, usually I, I chill it down, and then five and a half goes into the fermenter, and a half gallon stays behind in the kettle with all the, for a the starter. material and all that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, your, your target gravity uh, to start is uh, 1067. And uh, anticipated SRM is about 48. And anticipate IBU seventy three point four. And here's the interesting thing: uh, uh, Tasty and I were talking about uh, uh, before the show. Uh, we were both uh, uh, discussing how the the formulas that you might have, let's say, in a pro mash or beer tools or any of those or beer smith, um, any of those those formulas are not exact. Uh, in some cases, in certain recipes, they'll get you pretty close. Right. And, uh, you know, the measured IBUs at, at the factory will be, you know, uh, the same. And this is why we always ask the brewer is uh, when they say IBUs, they say, is that measured or is that estimated? If it's estimated, we want to know what the, the formula is. And if they use Rager like we use on these recipes, then, boy, you're dialed in. You're locked in. No problem. If it's measured, then you have to kind of adjust. And the, the, the trick is... Before you uh, you brew it, you, you want to sample the beer, drink it, and you want to say to yourself, you know, m- with my formula that I've used for, you know, hundreds of batches, right. this tastes like a, you know, 50 IBU, 60 IBU, 70 IBU, whatever it is, you know, 20 IBU beer. Mm. In this case, you know, Brewer uh, tells us that um, it is uh, 52 to 57 IBU, and I... Fully believe everything that he told us. You know, he's he's, he's straight uh, straight shooter, giving us uh, uh, the correct information. But what I uh, taste when I taste this, you know, with the Rager formula, I'm saying seventy three point four. I knew it was more around. I didn't say that. I didn't say taste and go. Well, it's seventy three point four. I said, you know, that's right. Fifty two to fifty seven. You know, fifty to sixty. Doesn't sound right to me. It's more like a seventy, uh, you know, maybe a sixty to seventy. So I thought, well, maybe sixty-five. I'm like, eh. I tasted it a few times. I'm like, I'm going with seventy. 
And so, uh, you know, I ended up 73.4 just because of the, uh, you know, I went with 30 grams of Galena, 30 grams of Willamette, 30 grams of Northern Brewer. So just because the numbers were even, that's kind of, you know, it it ended up uh, around in the 70s. So you upped it, yeah. Right, but I felt it was more than uh, what that would be. So you have to kind of take that into account. You need to yeah, do that I can't on your own. perceive any difference in these two beers in the hopiness. right. So the the, the beer is spot on. Right, in, right in there. All right, so efficiency is seventy percent. It's a ninety minute boil. Uh, as far as grains go, we are doing eleven point nine pounds of a pale malt, uh, five point four kilograms of you know domestic American two row. Uh, 1.43 pounds or 0.65 kilograms of a uh, black barley malt, 1.1 pounds of crystal 80 or a half kilo of uh, crystal 80, uh, 0.66 pounds or 30 kilograms or 300 grams of uh, carapils, uh, 0.66 pounds or 300 grams of uh, light munich malt, uh, 0.66 pounds of wheat or uh, you know, 300 grams of wheat malt, and then uh, 0.11 pounds. It's like just under two ounces or something, I think, of uh, roasted barley or 50, 50 grams of uh, roasted barley. And you can see why, you know, the metric system actually works fairly well. On small quantities, always, sure. And, you know, the, the the more we're doing this clone brews, the more I'm switching over to doing, uh, hmm. doing it all metric because – they're giving us percentages. They're giving yeah, us, you know, and, right. and when you we don't really have the license to round up or down too much. So. Right? Yeah, I don't want to. Normally, I'd round up. So and we down. have these odd amounts. That right. We're doing. So when you're dealing with grams, you know, you yeah. can adjust to fifty grams, and you know, there you are. So right. and that's the same way with the hops too. It's even more uh, right a problem yeah. there because they're really smaller quantities. Exactly. And uh, so on the hops, I got one point oh six ounces. You know, so you could probably call it one ounce of Willamette uh, or Galena Willamette Northern Brewer. These are sixty minute hops. Uh, well, uh, thirty grams Galena, uh, ninety minutes. Oh, 90. That's right. a thirteen percent alpha acid. Uh, thirty grams Willamette, five uh, percent alpha acid at thirty minutes, and thirty grams Northern Brewer. And nine percent alpha acid at uh, five minutes. And I think during the uh, interview, he said we try and keep the uh, the uh, right. amounts. Right. Of the hop additions, you know, pretty much equal. Mm. So that's one of the things I picked up on. I'm like, okay, well, you know, and these these things it really seem to work out. So I'm thirty, thirty, thirty uh, grams of each on those. And then the yeast uh, I used was the uh, White Labs WLPO two English Ale yeast. Which I tell you, you know, the, the more we do this, the more I realize a lot of commercial breweries are really. I see why know, they love it. Leveraging that uh, that English. They can make beer in like five to six days, and you know, that stuff just goes like right. Nuts. Ferments really fast. Yeah. You can ferment it cool, and it comes out really clean. Clear, yeah. Clean enough to where uh, people go, oh, that might be California ale yeast. Yeah, yeah it's a little, little can, fruity. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And then mash temp. Um, Here's another thing. Um, as far as the uh, the the brewer went, he said it's a single infusion, one fifty one to one fifty Fahrenheit, and uh, I went. Uh, you know, I, I wrote my recipe at one fifty, and when I actually did it, I went one forty nine because there's a lot of specialty grains. Uh, you know, starting gravity is intended, you know, about 1067, and finishing gravity, 1017 to 1020. And um, I was thinking, well, yeah, I just want to make sure, you know, when I drink it, it seems yeah. fairly dry. Enough, right? So I want to make sure they could dry, you know, enough. Well, you, here you have the flavor memory of the obsidian itself, right, so you right, probably right, right. sense the dryness there. So. And uh, I know on my system... Oh. Um, you know, if I went 150, 151, there'd be a lot more body than I get in the obsidian. So gotcha. I went, uh, you know, 149 just to make sure I wasn't too high. Right. And uh, and actually, when I when I first uh, dode in, I was like 148, and then uh, 147, 148, up. and then I I brought it back up. So right, that that was uh, kind of an interesting, uh, uh, you know. Uh, thing about you know when you when you are going to clone these these oh, yeah. beers you gotta drink it and you gotta think about it and you gotta understand you know that the system they're brewing on is different than the system you're brewing on right. and you have to kind of know your system and you have to taste the beer and say well based on what i do 
I need to tweak, you know, this is very close, but, right. uh, you know, I need to tweak it a little bit. And, and obviously you can, you can go ahead and brew it just, you know, As is. from whatever, you know, they give you. Right. But if it doesn't turn out exactly the same, Brewer hasn't lied to you. You know, don't don't think that these guys are lying to you and trying to, you know, hide some secret ingredient or, you know, I get these, you know, stupid ass emails all the time about, oh, no, they didn't tell you the truth. And it's like, look, if I can brew it and it turns out so close that you guys here who give me no slack. No, we'd bust your balls in a second. <laughs> right. No, uh, say that it's cloned. Right. It's cloned. Guy didn't, you know, but you, you got to understand the differences between your equipment, their equipment. Is gonna, you know, yeah. uh, you, you need to, you know, make some adjustments. Yes. And uh, you know, maybe the first time you, you brew it, maybe you don't know, you know, the difference between your system and, and what they're brewing with, uh, you know, that well. Right. You brew it, you see what the differences are, and then you can make adjustments. And the right. second time you brew it, you know, they give us such great information. The, you know, by the second time you, you brew it, it'd be right. really close. Right. Yeah, that's an adjustment our listeners have to make as well. That when they take these recipes that we're giving them, they have to, right. you know, brew it right. and you know taste it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. is this a little maltier or fuller, and you know, or right. not as much body as I expect? Well, then start, you know, adjust accordingly. They don't say it's a bad recipe. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to, you know, tweak your process a little bit. I think. Well, and and that's interesting as well because um, uh, a couple things. You know, you may have like a you know a little more uh, melanoid formation going on. Maybe your burner. Your direct style. fired versus sure. a steam uh, right. fired kettle. Right. Um, in this case, I actually uh, messed up a little, little bit. I didn't have the uh, crystal eighty that I needed, and uh, I had to run down a local homebrew shop, and you know they didn't have it either. And normally they carry it, and they had like an English crystal ninety, and uh, I'm like, well, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I needed a brew in order yeah. to be done for today. Yeah, right, right. I needed a brew, and it's a substantial amount. It's like you know, it's over a pound in a five gallon so batch. So probably like like three, four, five percent maybe. Right. Yeah. So uh, I went ahead with it, and I think that's kind of the difference we're tasting. <laughs> I see. You know, I think I think it's it's noticeable that's even with malt, yes. all the uh, other um, you know uh, roast and all that going on. I think we still uh, still a little bit obvious there, mm. but uh, you know. Pretty pretty darn close. So yeah, it's hard to tell the difference. Yeah, I think you have to, uh, you know, have that that kind of uh, you know understanding of what what your system will do, what the the brewer system will do. Anyways, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk more obsidian stout. Drink some more too. Yeah, sounds good. Back after this. Okay, so my double IPA has an ABV of seven point five and a clarity of brilliant. So that's a plus eight. I pour it. Sorry, looks like she found it unpalatable. Ha! Shut up, Doug. My creek gets a plus ten versus girls because it's a fruit beer. You can't open the bottle, and she walks over to the guy with the Pinot Grigio. This sucks. Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this? Non-alcoholics Anonymous? Dude, get out of here. We're in the middle of a brew session. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Have you ever been called upon to explain why it's named India Pale Ale? Do you burp Y Yeast 3522 and Crap Cascade? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Tongue Splitter. I've got dry hops stuck in my braces. And the burp. Barrel Porter. Now on tap in the Mose Eisley Cantina. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. White Labs, your source for maltose mowing monsters, announces the White Labs Platinum lineup for 2009. Looking for out-of-the-ordinary yeast to make the best beer possible? The Platinum strains from White Labs are only available for a limited time and make your homebrew stand out. Through February, find Australian Ale, Essex Ale, and Dusseldorf Alt Yeast. March and April, it's Nottingham Ale, Abbey 4, and Mexican Lager Yeast. And May through June, don't miss Premium Bitter Ale, Belgian Wit 2, and Belgian Bastogne Ale Yeast. Keep up with all the great yeasts in the White Labs Platinum Program at whitelabs.com, where you can also join the White Labs Customer Club. Brew with the freshest and most unique yeast with the White Labs 2009 Platinum Strains. White Labs. 
It's all in the vial. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. This is www.thebrewsnetwork.com. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewer Network. And now, suck it, Tasty. All right, we're back. Obsidian Stout. Uh, fine beer from Deschutes. Like who's all, that, who's that suck it, Tasty guy? I, get, get him I don't know. Pretty much everybody says Everybody it, says so. that now. Okay, well. It could just be a random microphone out on on, <laughs> on the Bart. Heard you know. on the street. <laughs> yeah. A man on the street it's interview. A random guy. So I get tasty. So I get tasty. It's great. Some homeless guy. <laughs> Some homeless guy. So I get, we should go around and get like, you know, the man on the street, the homeless guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, you say you give me a bottle for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say it. So I get tasty. <laughs> you, you know that that homeless guy. I think I was thinking about something like that because I'm the uh, seller master for this national conference, right? And when it's done, we're going to have a lot of uh, leftover, like uh, really high quality competition beer. And I thought <laughs> that maybe there's some intersection here between home brewing and homeless. <laughs> you know that we could like. Uh, I don't know how that would go together, but you know we yeah. could make we could make our reputation for ourselves out there. That's really helping out the poor. <laughs> oh, I was trying to figure out what reputation you were going for. <laughs> right, right. right. Uh, the helping one. Good. Yes, yes, good that's that's what we had the yes. one where we never get invited back to Oakland oh, again. Yeah. That, so, that yeah. reputation? Yeah. yeah. Well, just see the smile on their little faces. It, I have a feeling that would be like, um, you know, if you feed the pigeons just a little bit, <laughs> they just, you, just, right. you get swarmed right. by right. pigeons. Right. Oh, I, I think it'd be a bad idea gotcha, to hand gotcha. out beer to the homeless. Right. Wait, wait, wait. It'd be like a zombie fest or something, right? So, yeah. So I work in the, the software industry, and, and we used to run this big old conference in that Moscone Center. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> they used to hand out, like, you know, shirts. It was like working for a clothing company. They would give me shirts and hats and all this stuff. And they gave out this one just idiotic hat that we really, you know, everybody hated. They were, like, renaming the group, and they handed it out to all the employees, right? Oh, here's, you know, your, you know, Act such like and such like hat, it. right? Yeah. <laughs> so... Pretty soon, when you're walking back to your hotel, what you would see is all these homeless people wearing these hats. It was like every last person. So they would say, change, and go, nobody wears a nice hat. (laughs) Right, right. None of the employees were wearing them. All the homeless people in San Francisco started wearing these hats. It was just the most amazing thing. that marketing manager got a kick out of that. Oh, I don't think they were very happy about that. Oh, I want to wear all these hats on it. Oh, but but the employees just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, on this beer, I, I brewed in the uh, the violent wind tunnel. That that's is the, the, that's your the, deal. That's your curse. <laughs> that is the uh, south end of the, the yeah. estate. Well, I'll let you move up from the uh, ghettos. Right, right. Well, it's windy up on top. Of the and I was I was telling my my neighbor, my Keystone Light neighbor, about this. We were trying this to move city and stuff. Yeah, yeah he, he drove over and uh, I was going to say we're hanging out in the bring garage. With you or something? I'm telling him how windy it was. He's like. He goes, yeah, wow, yeah, it sounds like it's really... I said, you know... I said, wait, I said, now, now you see the, the kind of breeze we got going on outside now? He goes, yeah, it's like nothing. I said, yeah, you can't even see, like, you know, the, the leaves fluttering on the trees. I said, come over here. I open the side door oh, of the garage. Yeah. We walk out, and he's like, oh, my God. I had the same house. It's, it, it, it's like... It, Focuses all the wind through there. It was blowing the lids off the kettles. You're gonna have to make beer in the front yard. Looks like. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. It was just. It was out of control. Yeah, we and can then, do that. And then I went to pitch my yeast. And normally, you know, I, I, I for all these years, I've run out of the kettle right there at the brew stand into the, uh, oh. the into the fermenter, and then I pitch my you know, oxygen and I, I pitch my perfect. pitch my yeast right. Well, 
I'm sitting there. I can feel the dirt being blown off the property. <laughs> it's like I'm being sandblasted with this stuff. And it's, you know, hitting the, so the container of yeast. And, you know, yeah, I know I'm getting like dirt into this, this beer. Yeah, yeah. Right. Got to drink this stuff fast. Cause it's, Make a it's tincture just, of crap. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It is. It is. You know, uh, a real miserable uh, place to brew right now. Wow. That uh, means your dynasty is over. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's it. I'm done. You're done. I'm done. Uh, so I fermented this uh, at 65. And actually, oh really? What did? Oh uh, well, that's that's what they. That's what he know, said. That's what he said. He said 65. And uh, actually, uh, I got my competition beers in my glass door fridge. And uh, in my regular serving fridge, I've got other beers. So I really had no place but... So I just stuck this in the glass door fridge with the uh, competition beers and mm. just let it jack it down to in the <laughs> mid-60s. And then, uh, uh, you know, I kind of let the uh, pitch the yeast, let that go. Uh, uh, you know, it was uh, no sign of fermenting. I kind of uh, moved it around, kept it around 65, and then... Uh, I put it in the pantry, and uh, God knows what temperature it got to then. But apparently it worked out just fine. <laughs> yeah, let me see if I can track this. Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the you know, around 65 to start. and, and the, the So most, how long was it at 65? Uh, probably a day or two. Or two days. Yeah. The, and this is the 002 yeast? Yes. And the I, that'll get a lot done in two days. That yeah, yeast. exactly. And the most important thing with, with any fermentation and any yeast is, you know, when, when it's a specific temperature to, to start with, you know, that's the temperature you, you need to be at for the first couple of days. That's when the growth happens, when a lot of, you know, the things are happening that are going to cause certain flavors later on the down the road. Yeah, it's, you know, precursors of things and, right. you know, the cell wall and the sterile levels and all these things hmm. that really decide the final beer is ha- happening in those first couple of days. So if you can keep it, you know, nice and steady the first couple of days and then just let it warm up after that, generally that's that's great because, you know, warms up after that, reduces diacetyl, things like that. Right. Uh, you know, makes for a very clean beer, and uh, it's very nice that way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I figured that eighty percent of the flavor contribution from the yeast is done after like four days. It's all already there after. Four oh days. yes, especially after four days. You know, after four days with this this English ale yeast. Yeah. Um, you, know, you reach four days, you're you're done. So whatever twenty, whatever you do with the other twenty percent, just. Is all diluted in this other eighty percent. Yeah, and it's all clean up and all that. Well, and it, it's gonna be no different. Um, you know, it, if you cool it down, oh. you're gonna end up with you know diacetyl, yeah, acetaldehyde, oh, no, a lot of you know. Under attenuated, yeah. Too, yeah. It, it's not gonna clean up those no, no. those end products because once right. it, it's not until it runs out of these sugars that it starts you know cleaning up uh, you know some of these other things. So stuff it lit out. Yeah. Right, right. So. You really need to, uh, you know, keep the temperature either stable or, or ramp it higher towards the end. Okay. Uh, Laundry the, room temperature. Yeah. The other thing I did here was uh, I added some gypsum to the mash. Uh, I don't know. I threw in like a teaspoon. Teaspoon. Let's see. How many grams <laughs> is that? I don't know. Oh. But it worked out just fine. I think it's not that important. I thought you went all metric, Jamil. What's this teaspoon teaspoon business? There was a teaspoon laying around. I had a bag of uh, gypsum, and uh, I figured, oh, geez, I should add some gypsum because he was he and, said uh, two hundred parts per million plus, and I'm thinking. So you put this in the strike water? Uh, no, in the mash. In yeah. In the mash. Oh, in the mash, and um, so there was how much volume of liquid in there? You put this teaspoon into about. Seven gallons? Uh, yeah, it's probably around there. Something like that. Something like that. All right. Worked out just fine. Yeah, yeah it's, it's um, you know, liquid, as far as liquid goes, it's uh, 5.4 U.S. gallons of uh, of uh, mash water. Right. Well, and you then, know, to me, adding gypsum is, is uh, why even take an IBU uh, measurement or make mm-hmm. the IBU estimate if you don't control the amount of gypsum, you're, you know, if you don't put some in there to make right, it right, right. all happen. Because right. to me, if you're... Uh, you know, putting a lot of hops in there, you're not going to get the, the hops aren't going to really have that much of an effect unless you get that, well, that calcium. Well, right. It, it doesn't adjust the IBUs, but it, it, right. the impression, the, the crispness of the right. IBUs is is affected by right. that. Right. So you could put in IBUs and not not have it. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that's a, another important uh, you know factor there. And uh, you know, one thing I want to revisit: um, brown sugar. 
Oh, the old uh, brown sugar story, yeah. yes. Tell us about it. Well, uh, if you remember from the last show, um, we had uh, pretty much decided we had not cloned the brown sugar, although we were... Well, we weren't sure. We were a little I, perplexed. I, I felt like the... The recipe that yeah. you had... We looked at the recipe. The beer you brewed was the recipe you had. We if tasted you, that If you beer. hand me that recipe, right. that's the beer that would have come out. Right. Uh, for sure. Right. So yeah. that w- that's why we Not were like sort of... Not like you screwed up at all. Yeah. That's like you made another beer. We were a little perplexed by that. And mm-hmm. um, I think I mentioned on the show, and then I don't know if Justin did during the show or afterwards, but mm-hmm. uh, that you know when I drink a brown sugar, when I see it on the... Store shelves, I usually get it because I'm kind of a fan of it. But when I, I get it, I'm always like uh, saying, wow, this is like not what I remember. This is more like an IPA. They've, they've changed the brown sugar. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the beer that we were uh, comparing our beer to, or my beer to, that night tasted like the, the you know, the malty, uh, almost scotch ale kind of brown sugar that uh, that I was I expect most of the time. Mm-hmm. So the beer changes throughout its, uh, throughout its, its life, shelf yeah, life. Yeah. Yes. So, and... Uh, so, suspecting that, uh, coincidentally, we were having the uh, the brewers from Lagunitas into the studio on the Sunday session. So we uh, we you know had them taste it, and uh, I think we played the uh, we played it at the end of the Brown Sugar Show. But uh, if you remember, uh, all three of them thought we had cloned the beer. That that's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pretty much exactly what it tastes like when it's young. One guy was kind of like, well, you know, <laughs> well. the other's like, yeah, that's cloned. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think uh Yeah, it was great. So it was pretty cool that uh that we, you know, we that the uh age of the beer was taken into account and we had some guys with the uh the memory right, uh, to pretty right. much uh, do it for us. Yep. The real guys. Well, I think the only one screwed up one we have right now is uh <laughs> the uh Oh, the uh the uh Firestone Firestone Walker, Walker double barrel. Right, right. Yeah, yeah that's And they, you know, in in your defense. Oh, you got Oh, you know the story finally. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you brewed it before you got the recipe. Yeah, right. You made some adjustments for a creative license. I don't know, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't creative wasn't license. there. I yeah. think uh, I think well, you know, we'll have to redo that one uh, later in the year. We'll have a, well, was a great. show where we. Yeah, uh, my uh, my miscue was certainly good, so I'm looking forward to making the well, real thing. Well, you know what? Um, we're gonna have to screw up a few more before we can have a, a oh, whole show have, oh, yeah. of well, we, re- yeah. rebrews. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. So, uh, hmm. you know, maybe we should be a little less uh, paying attention to detail and trying. Maybe next one I won't. Uh, you Why know. don't you guys just give me one? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah well, you could have a guest there brewer. Give me one. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't know. Uh, I mean, you know, that's totally maybe not quite up, up that's to that's speed. A yeah. Sure, fail. Yeah, well, if you're looking for content. I just get a feeling that uh, we're going to uh, have a whole run of like three or four. That yeah, like, oh man, we lost our touch. <laughs> yeah, Somebody changed gonna, my water. Something's going to happen. Uh, I, think I think we're getting lucky on some of these. Uh, you know, uh, we're getting a lot of good information, which is, is difficult to get at, at times. But uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, you understand your process. You try and, uh, you know, make the tweaks to uh, to improve your beer and, and, right. and make it a certain way. Understanding, uh, you know, what, what makes something, uh, you know, sweeter, you know. This is the the frustrating thing, and and a lot of times even judges don't understand this. Is you have sweetness, you can counter that with maybe bitterness, but it's it's a battle, and both still are there. You know, the only thing that yeah. really gets rid of sweetness is like attenuating out that sweetness, and you know, fermenting out those sugars and making it drier. You know, you can't you can't just overload one over the other and say, oh, okay, there you go, you're all you're all set. You have to realize that there's the balance between you know the malt and the and the bitter, and there's the you know the the sweetness and the dryness, and you got to adjust those two to to get them kind of dialed in. And I and I think you know when when you're given a recipe with all these different grains and stuff, that gets you the flavor kind of flavor profile that you're looking for potentially but not sweetness not balance not body not you know a lot of those things that you need to kind of understand the brewing process and to to kind of dial in so anybody can take these recipes no matter how good or bad a brewer and make a make a really nice beer with it i think um but uh you know if you really want to clone it you need to understand your your brewing equipment and and, right. and dial it in kind of and recognize that and, the ferment is is where you know all the action yep, is that's yep. uh, ferments a, a huge part big of, part it, of actually, it actually absolutely giant okay 
Well, I think that's our show for today. And uh, if you're listening live, uh, stay tuned. We're gonna we're gonna tackle uh, Ballast Point uh, Calico Amber. Let's see, that was Tasty's challenge. Uh, if you're listening to the uh, podcast, it's going to be two weeks. And uh, you know, you really should listen live. Uh, also, the other thing you should really be doing is visiting our great sponsor, Northern Brewer. NorthernBrewer.com. Those guys, uh, they got uh, great fresh ingredients, uh, great service. Uh, fast shipping, great prices. Uh, I can't say enough about them. They're 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 Do truly uh, truly uh, kings in the industry. They they've kept us uh, this show going. Um, Help bring this to you through their generous uh, contributions. And uh, until then, Bruce Strong, we will be seeing you on the other side later. <laughs>